This is Happiness Solved with America's Happiness Coach, Sandy Scarlatta. Hello, everyone. Happy New Year. I am so happy you're listening today. Happiness Solved is dedicated to giving you content that is empowering, motivational, inspirational, and of course, a dose of happiness. It's my way to give back to the world and share other people's stories. This thing called life can be challenging, and my guests share their amazing stories, wisdom, and life lessons that demonstrate anyone can choose happiness. You see, happiness is a journey, not a destination. I'm Sandy Scarlatta, and I have been inspiring others to shift their mindset and choose happiness for over 20 years. As we head into a new year, here's some food for thought. How many times have you gotten excited to make your New Year's resolutions only to abandon them? It's okay, you're not alone. Statistics show that roughly 50% of the population sets New Year's resolutions, and yet the majority of those give up within the first 30 to 45 days. In fact, 80% of people who make New Year's resolutions will abandon them during the month of February. I want more than anything for you to succeed in 2023 and have five tips to share with you. One, create a detailed plan on how you're going to ensure that you follow through and take action. Two, get an accountability partner. Three, Attach your emotions to the goals. What I mean by that is, how will achieving them make you feel? Four, set up an app to track your goals or set up an alarm on your phone to remind you to take action. And lastly, five, celebrate your wins. This is so important because when you celebrate it and give yourself a pat on the back, what you're doing is you're reinforcing that positive behavior and you're more likely to continue doing it. So thank you so much for listening today. And don't forget to leave a review and follow me on social media at Coach Sandy Scarlatta. Today's episode is amazing and I am so grateful for you. Enjoy the show. John Gray, it is such an honor and a privilege to have this opportunity to speak with you. And thank you so much for giving me some of your time today because I know you're very good. Particularly (laughs) we're talking about happiness. You've added happiness to my life. Awesome. Fantastic. So most people know who you are. However, if if some of my listeners are younger, they they may not have heard of you or for those listeners who may have been living under a rock for the past 30 years, right? You are the author of the most well-known and trusted relationship book of all time, Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus. And as a matter of fact, USA Today listed your book as one of the top 10 most influential books of the last quarter century. And it was a a number one best-selling book in the 1990s. And it's been translated in 45 languages in more than 100 countries and continues to be a bestseller. So when you set out, when you wrote this book, did you have any idea the the length of time? Because as a fellow author, you know, you just kind of cross your fingers and hope, you know, it sells. But to have the test of time be behind you, that's incredible. Well, thank you. I had no idea it would happen either. <laughs> Just wow. Uh, I wanted to be a bestseller. I had two books before it. They didn't become bestsellers. They became bestsellers after. But after the success of Men from Mars, uh, I had a platform. It really was relating to people during the 90s uh, a lot. And it was very, very helpful. And it, it showed. I think we're number one on, literally number one on New York Times list for about four and a half years. <laughs> so a lot of people were upset with me. 
would you just get off the list so we could be number one? <laughs> <laughs> of course. Well, I know in 19, January of 1990 was when I started my self-help junkie obsession. And I know this was one of the first books that I purchased because I was in a, had just gotten married. Relationships are hard. And it really opened up my eyes because, yeah. you know, I was in my mid twenties at the time. And it was like, you know, I didn't know that men and women are wired so differently. Yeah. So what was it that brought you, you know, was there an epiphany that said, you know, I need to write about this. People need to know this. Well, before I need to write about it, I need to learn about this. I'm married to Bonnie and we had a baby and <clears throat> I was a counselor and uh, when she, she had, had a tear during the birth and <clears throat> needed to be on pain pills for a week. And I was taking care of her and the baby and so forth. But she said, you have to go back to the office. I said, yeah, but if you need anything, call me, call me, call me, you know, I'm providing husband, good guy. And then I came home on Friday and she said, oh, I've been paying all day. I said, what do you mean? You could ask, you got pain pills. And she says, no, I, I ran out. I said, well, you should have called me. Well, she didn't call me. So then I got all upset. And then she got upset. You have to realize we hadn't slept <clears throat> much during that week. So we weren't our best self. And at a certain point, I have at least the awareness that if I start getting angry, I never throw my anger on her. I uh, I said, look, I'm out of here. And we shouldn't talk about this now. Walked out the door. And as I'm walking out the door, she said, John, you're a fair weather friend. Never heard that expression even. And then she explained, <laughs> she said, when I'm sweet, loving Bonnie, you're always here for me. And when I'm not, you're out the door. And so I was just stunned. I remember just being standing there because, okay, that's interesting. It's true. <laughs> and, and then she said, don't go. Just walk over here. Sit down next to me and don't speak. Put your arm and put your arm around me. So she clearly let me know what she needed that time. She clearly also understood that words were not going to work at that time. It made no sense to me at all. Uh, okay, I walked over. I just, the only logic in that that I responded to was don't talk because talking was making it worse. People could just realize that one thing. Talking is not always the answer to everything. Exactly. <laughs> talking doesn't work. Stop talking for a while. So anyway, I went and sat down next to her. I put my arm around her and I was really angry, okay? And, and she was upset. And I put my arm around her. All my anger just started to go down and she cried in my arms. It was physical mm. touch. You know, sometimes our Aww. mind gets in the way. But so the outcome of that was I realized, wow, just sit next to me and put your arms around me and don't talk. I would have never thought to do that. I would have never in a million years thought to do that unless someone told me to do it. Why? Because if I'm upset, I don't want to be touched to go away. You know, people are different. And quite often women say, just hug me, hold me. And men don't understand the power of non-sexual uh, warmth and safety. Okay. And it's right. physical. And right. that's why even today I teach as a minimum in relationships, four hugs a day. Women, yes. tactile touch that says, not sexual touch at that point, but it's tactile touch, physical. Because the body, when you're being held, oxytocin gets produced. And this is science. There's, as long as it's not sexual touch, it automatically produces oxytocin. Oxytocin produces safety. And safety allows women to come back and remember that my partner is safe and I love him and he loves me. It also, when a woman feels safe in a man's arms, he feels trusted. And when a man feels trusted, he, he'll do anything. So it was amazing 
So I thought, oh, what are the other things that I didn't know that would work with women? And that became my my next nine years of uh, research, which is all my women clients, hearing them from another point of view, assuming that a premise that whatever I think is right probably is wrong. And there's an opportunity for that. That wasn't always the case, but quite often I realized that, you know, we're doing our best. Uh, and I, I think it's still a very good thing to do, which is if you are feeling angry and you're a man, stop talking. If you're feeling angry in a man and being in her presence makes you angrier, then you need to get out of the room for a little while, but then you need to come back and reconnect and so forth. So that became a lot of ideas. You know, women need to talk. Now I've written another book, which is women need to talk to balance their hormones. Uh, Estrogen gets produced. Women need 10 times, 10 to 20 times more estrogen than men to feel good, to feel romantic. They need 20 times more estrogen in their body. And whenever you're listening to a woman talk, her estrogen level goes up. If you're listening to a man talk, his estrogen levels go up, (laughs) unless he's solving a problem. If he's solving a problem, his testosterone goes up. But if he's just talking about what he's feeling, what happened today, what what I'm thinking, that that produces estrogen. Nothing wrong with men having estrogen in their body because estrogen causes feelings of affection and warmth and nurturing. That's good. I need to have that too. But... If I have more estrogen than testosterone, which gets produced when I'm solving problems, if estrogen goes higher than testosterone in a man, he becomes angry. He goes into fight or flight. He's either angry, shut down, or running away uh, and lost in fear. He doesn't know he's afraid, but he, his body pulls away, shuts down. So these are all things, you know, I realize women, when men pull away, women get all freaked out. They think, He's a woman pulling away. See, when a woman pulls away, it means she's given and she's given and she's given. And uh, let me just turn that off. When a woman pulls away, it's often because she's not getting what she needs in her relationship. And when a man is uh, getting what he needs in a relationship, if something actually triggers him, he can have a lot of stress at work. He wants to just be quiet for a while. Think about it, mull it over. Uh, cause he can't do anything about it. So let him mull it over and think about it and forget it. So there's a great tendency in men in order to get to happiness, since we're talking about happiness is when I'm upset, let me do something that makes me happy and then come back to my relationship instead of always expecting my partner to be the source of my happiness. I, I look at, you know, relationships should be like one tenth of our happiness. Uh, it's the best yeah. part for me. Uh, it's the dessert after a good, healthy meal. But we've got to have, and particularly men, more so than women. People get a little upset when I say this, but it's really true. Because men need more testosterone. For men, they have to have more independent success, not depending upon their partner to feel good. So I need to feel good in my life and not look to my wife to make me feel good about myself. I look at her uh, to feel happier. Okay. So you started a baseline in your life of my life makes me happy in a romantic relationship is now makes me happier. It takes it to a higher level. And this is evidenced by hormones. When, when a woman is happy with their children, her estrogen levels will be about 10 times higher than a man's. She's nurturing. If she's doing something with her friends that she enjoys and she's happy, her estrogen level will be at least in part of the month, it will be Uh, 10 times higher than a man's. In other situations, her progesterone, after ovulation, her progesterone has to be high. So in my book, I explain what are the behaviors that produce progesterone? What are the behaviors that produce estrogen, the situations and so forth? 
we can cover a little of that. But when when a woman, it's real simple logic here. Uh, when you're feeling safe, what we know this oxytocin lowers the stress level, mm, but the stress right. level goes down as her estrogen levels are going up. And what what is estrogen saying in her body? It's saying I have a need and I can get it fulfilled. See, when you feel safe, you have what you need. So with men, when the testosterone goes up, I have a desire and I have what I need to achieve the goal. And primarily it's me. Okay. This is for men. That sense of independence is a big testosterone booster. So as testosterone starts to go down, his estrogen goes up. That's when men get angry, moody, passive, unmotivated. So if he's like that in a relationship, so here's a happy woman. She said, oh, I'm happy. But my husband's not happy. Well, what you need to do is stop looking to him to make you happier at that time. And don't let him be the reason you're not happy. You're just fooling yourself. Right. You're the reason you're not happy, okay? You're That's trying right. to date him. <laughs> so at those times, you have to sort of unglue yourself from him. See, the brain bonds with somebody who can make you really happy. And when he doesn't, that's very important to be able to detach and look at all the other things in your life that you're grateful for, that you appreciate, things, relationships, particularly for women, things you can depend upon, you can trust. Because when you're depending on someone and you trust, your estrogen goes up. When you feel safe and you're doing what you want to do while feeling safe, that's progesterone. So women have need to have independence as well. But the difference is men can have independence, but they don't have to feel safe. Like, and, and, you know, the second extreme thing, you're, uh, you ride a horse in the rodeo. <laughs> you're certainly not horse. You're not safe there. You, you drive your car a little faster than the speed limit. You're going to get a ticket. You're not safe there, but men do it. You know, I mean, there was a time in my life, when I just, I just couldn't stop speeding. And we're only talking about 10 miles over. And then once that became acceptable in California, one, one mile or two miles over 10 miles, just to create that adrenaline, which I was addicted to. But what it does, it does increase testosterone and testosterone will lower man's stress levels. Anytime a man is stressed, his testosterone is going down and his estrogen is going up. And anytime a woman is stressed, her estrogen is going down at one part of the month. The first part of the month towards her ovulation is estrogen is the key player. After ovulation, then progesterone needs to be more than estrogen. But if she's making a lot of testosterone, which is doing what I want to do, but it's dangerous. Okay, that would be danger would be oh, I want to have my job and take my pick my kids up at school. Okay, but I have no time to do it. That's danger, right? So I want to do that, but it's danger. So what happens for women is their stress level goes higher and they produce uh, they feel overwhelmed. And at those times when they're producing overwhelm, their their testosterone overshadows progesterone. I know I've said a lot of technology here, but let me just explain that when you're making testosterone in your woman, what will happen is you use up progesterone. Progesterone makes testosterone. So if you're really, I want to do this, but I don't have time to do it, or I don't like doing it, it's not good. You're actually diminishing your progesterone levels. And at that time, your stress will go up too. So women are way more complicated than men in this sense. Men it's testosterone goes up or down. <laughs> For women, estrogen has to go up, then it has to come down a bit, then progesterone has to come up, then it has to come, all the thing has to come down, then estrogen has to start to rise. So it's a, it's a daily thing for women to attend to those things that make her happy. And when she finds that she's not happy in her life, 
this is what my mother taught me and it's true for men and women. Whenever you're not happy, you've forgotten that everything's okay. First, you've forgotten that everything's okay. And then a more metaphysical truth that I was raised with is that when you're unhappy, you've forgotten that you have everything you need to be happy. And you're just looking in the wrong direction in this moment. Okay. Yes. It's not like, gee, uh, my partner's not making me happy. He'll never make me happy. Well, if you keep looking to him to make you happy, he will never be there. But if he's not like making me happy now, or if this job isn't making me happy right now, or if going on vacation doesn't make you happy right now, okay, focus on something that can make you happy right now and something else that can make you happy right now. And then you might find going on a vacation feels really good. I mean, like for me, now this is different from my daughters and my wife, we would go on a vacation to Hawaii. I can only endure it for seven days. I said, <laughs> I got to be working all the time. So I'm writing books while I'm there even, you know, so forth, uh, just to keep my testosterone up. Because a lot of vacation people, and the girls in my family, they like doing nothing. They just sit out in the sun. They read books. They go to the restaurants, eat so much, all that, see pretty views. That's all nice. I can do that for a few days. But that is something I like to do. But it raises my estrogen so much, my testosterone goes down. So then I get a little moody and, and, uh, and not having fun. So men need to be solving problems. And then they need time off to relax and do what they like. Then they need to go back and solve problems, fix things, and then come back and do what they like. And women need to always do it ideally, ideally, do what they like, do what they like for him. But don't do that all the time. Okay? <laughs> do what you like for a lot of other sources of love and happiness. Otherwise, you're, you're investing in one source, you bond with it, and you're disconnecting with all the other parts of you. They're like, we all have vitamins inside, and think of him as vitamin R, okay, romance, okay, and uh, go to him for that. But then you've got to look at vitamin D and vitamin C. These are all these different vitamins from having being able to have fun when you're not with him, being able to have people that you can think are smarter than you, that you can rely on. That's really important. And if you you know, for some people, this isn't available, but have a higher power, prayer, meditation, something where you're connecting with the higher power of the universe, you're connecting with the world. Uh, then you have uh, other important relationships, your work, that's important. But if all you're doing is work, then it doesn't satisfy you anymore. And right. it's also just to know your work for most women is really triggering your male side. And so you really have to realize I need to be able to disconnect from work to make me happy because it's not if it's not and come back to things that do make me happy nurturing is a very key estrogen hormone a lot of women don't have children so you start looking to your husband to nurture him he doesn't need it <laughs> don't, <laughs> don't worry about his needs so much worry about your own so if you don't have a child then you can always have a, a, a cause uh, you can have a pet you know you can have a garden these all things are like Dependent on you. You have to have situations. Well, and it's a purpose too, right? That gives purpose. Absolutely. Purpose yeah. Meaning. And, me, and to understand men and their lives, a purpose for women is to nurture ultimately and to be happy. Uh, if I would look at well, happiness for women is, is actually their major purpose. Love and happiness is a major purpose of a woman's life. For man, the purpose is not love and happiness. That's a part of our life. It's, our, our, it's to have the ability to provide something of value to others. Now, that's important to women, but not as important as it is to men. 
to be able to provide value for someone produces testosterone. Now, the other place for women, nurturing is also providing value for someone, but you're not expecting anything in return. See, there's a difference. You know, I'm, I work, but I expect rewards. If I didn't get rewards, it wouldn't be as meaningful to me. Rewards tell yeah. me I made a difference. For a woman, she doesn't need so much the rewards from a baby or a child because they're part of you. You're loving you when you do that. And they love you back at least up to 13. <laughs> but, but there's this unconditional love for children. But the male side of it, it's not unconditional. Uh, my love for my wife is completely there. And it's very conditional uh, in, in the sense I don't withhold love. That's a different kind of if you don't love me, I won't love you. But if you never love me, I need to move on. You don't ever move on from your children, generally speaking. <laughs> They're always your children. But you may not be right. my wife anymore. So there's a certain, we want to be happy together, but it's unrealistic to think that we can always at all times be happy together. At times when it seems the happiness is becoming less, that's a sign, shift gears to other things that make us happy and then come back and you find that that partner can, has the potential to make you happy again. But ultimately... Ultimately, you should never look to a man if you're a woman or a man look to a woman to make you happy. Their job, in a sense, that relationship is to make you happier. There's no other situation that allows a woman to double so high as romance and orgasm. Okay, it's a, it's a reality. And, and then again, and then for a man, there's nothing like having sex that raises your testosterone to a higher level at the same time feeling love. Okay, that means your estrogen's going up and your testosterone's going up equal. So if I'm playing a, a football game, I'm competing, my testosterone's going to go up, but my heart is not open. To be able to have that high testosterone levels and estrogen is an is amazing experience for a man. And we really need it uh, more than women. That's often the case because uh, women can produce estrogen in so many different ways. Men cannot, okay? It's primarily through someone loving us and us loving them and nurturing them that our estrogen levels go up. Our children can, can produce some estrogen for us. Love, it's love. Estrogen is love. And when estrogen is low, your ability to love becomes less. Uh, and, and then all kinds of feelings of discontent come up and stress. So that's one way of looking at the whole package of happiness is we're responsible for getting our needs met and we do need very, we need food. We need good food. We need fun. We need prayer. We need meditation. We need exercise. And we have all these needs. So when your partner is not giving you what you need, or if your life is not giving you what you need, maybe it's time to be in a relationship. A lot of people have given up on relationships because they didn't know how to have a relationship. They didn't know how to have, because we need a new way of having relationships different from our parents because we live in a different ocean now of, of, of stimulation. Uh, you know, my, at least I give my example, and for so many people this is true. Uh, my mother was a homemaker, basically, and when her children grew up, then she had a, then she had a bookstore. Uh, she had a part-time job, she had a job she loved, but she took care of her children always. I remember after I grew up, I said to my mom, so mom, did you really like being a mom? She says, John, I'm still a mom. Yeah, I'm 40 years old at that time. I'm still a mom. You know, that's that's something. It was like a long time ago. That was a badge of honor. I'm a mom. You know, yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And uh, that's changed today. There, there's a denormalization of marriage, which is going on right now, and that's the climate. And 
I'd say the reason, one of the reasons we went in that direction was there was a shift in women when birth control became available. Mm. Okay, suddenly you could have- Interesting. When birth control became available, then women could enjoy sex without consequence. And the consequence of having sex is having a baby and you don't want to have a baby unless you have a man and you shouldn't have a baby without a man. And to do this alone is a crazy thing. Uh, you look at 50% of Americans uh, are women with babies without a husband. That's crazy. Yeah. That, that's just, yeah. that's stress off the level, stress to the highest level. And yes, I, I'm just going to throw this in. I'm very against the direction everything's going today. And so I'll, uh, I, I think it needs to be upgraded. I, I like women in the yeah. place. I like women being independent. I support that completely, but they need to be in a relationship that helps them come back to their female side. Okay. They come back to this female side, which will be create romance. I'm a big believer in romance. A lot of people burn out about, it. I don't care about it. You know, I'm, I'm 71 years old. All my friends are done with that a long time ago and <laughs> they can't even get erections. You know, I'm totally into the aliveness <laughs> of orgasmic sex, okay? It's just, but it's, it's love. Orgasmic sex is love. Feeling that love and the energy coming between two people, growing in love together. That's the best. And that's potentially there today. Historically, in the traditional relationship where men provided and women received, and women reciprocated by having, loving him for that, and mm -hmm. also making love, having sex, mm -hmm. the sex was routine. The sex was routine in almost all cases. Every, this, it's cliche. Uh, the first, it's, it was called the uh, romantic period. It was, what was it called? I forget now, but so far, so long. It's that newness, the newness that you have in a relationship. The honeymoon. Right. So the, you're just in the honeymoon Honey, phase. Yes. You're in the honeymoon right. phase. Okay, so right. this is the honeymoon. It's going to go away. It's what the parents would say, you know. Don't fall in yeah. love. Just find someone practical because that's where you're going to get back to is practical because they couldn't stay in love. They loved each other, but they couldn't dip into being in love with each other. And then, you you know, you come back to it's a bit mundane life, whatever, but you come back to being in love. That's the point of romance. And people didn't understand that in the past because uh, they just went with their with what's going on inside. And there was some romance. I won't say that, but nothing like what we're, we're getting today and potentially want today. So having said that, as women move to their male side, if they know how to come back to their female side, then the romance will be greater than any other generation. But it's, it's the mm. trick is to be independent as a woman and be able to come back to your female side. See, what that means is on your male side, you're, you're independent. So you're not needy. You're not demanding. You're not critical. You solve everything yourself to a certain extent. And you're also assertive. You ask for what you want. You know, you learn how to ask what you want. Right. You learn how to get what yep. you want. That's your male side. So mm -hmm. if you can be on your male side, know how to get what you want, adapt your behavior. That's what I have to do in the workplace, constantly adapting my behavior to get what I want, to achieve my goals. That's masculinity. So then I need to come back to my female side, which wants to just embrace everything I love. I don't need to change it. It's my beautiful little child. You don't want to change. I'm right here to support every step. That you're giving, giving, giving. So that that's your female side, nurturing not asking for more. Uh, so you have to learn how to be loving and ask for more in a way that works. So you can be happier because we have men don't know what women need and women don't know how to communicate their needs in a way that doesn't blame him. Because so a lot of right. women are happy on the surface. They're just no longer having orgasms. <laughs> okay. I, I'll tell you a funny story, just not too much theory and just a story. I was watching The View, which I do for fun. 
and <laughs> listen to these women. I don't always agree with them. Of course, that's why I'm laughing. <laughs> and there, there was one, and you know, we have different descriptions of different women. Okay, this was the hot woman. You know, she's the blonde with the blue eyes, and the and the woman who could be on the front of a a, a, a magazine, health magazine. All right, not all the others are that, but she's the one who's shining. You know, I'm so pretty and everything. And they're asking her, "What's your relationship like?" And she says, "Fantastic. My husband, he does everything. He's like the perfect wife." Now I already knew what was going to come next. He's like the perfect wife. And what does he do? And he, oh, he makes dinner. He takes care of the kids because she gets up at four o'clock in the morning and go into New York and do their show. And then she has to come back home exhausted. He's done it all. Oh, I'm just so lucky to marry him. And then they're all like excited. Oh, you're so lucky. Amazing. A man who do all that. And then they said, what's the sex like? And she goes, oh, we stopped having sex after the last child. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So <laughs> they didn't have the dynamics of romance. You, you basically just yeah. shifted roles. And shifting roles doesn't work unless you have the skills. Let's say the woman makes more money and the man stays at home. When she comes home from work, he has to now help her come back to her female side. And, how mm. and if okay. you're a stressed out woman at work, what's going to happen is, what you need to learn is when you come home, how to talk about the emotions and feelings of the workplace. And he has to know how to listen to that in a way that's serving her. And that's something they haven't been taught to do. And it's not even something she feels the need to do because the more women go to their male side, they forget their female side that needs to talk and share and open up. And if they do remember the female side, they do it the wrong way. There's a right way to do things and there's a wrong way to do things. So they just rather not do it because men certainly don't know how to listen. The way we listen is like we listen for problems and then offer solutions. That's just masculinity. If there's a right. fire, let me get there right away. Let me get to the point, turn on my lights, solve the problem and we're done. And that's how we want to deal with it. We think we're helping her to feel happy. And you know what? If it was a long time ago and my, my wife said, I, heard, I saw a tiger outside. He's ready to go after it, you know, scare it away. Do what he has to do fast, quick. He's motivated uh, to solve the problem. So you want that man who's a problem solver. We just need to educate men that if your wife is more on her male side, the way you solve the big problem, the meta problem, it's when she's talking about something, so-and-so did this or you didn't do that or the kids aren't doing this or we have to pay these bills. That's not the problem that needs to be solved at that time. The problem is she needs to be able to share emotions and feelings and thoughts that she doesn't share with anybody else. That's called intimacy. Intimacy right. is when you're willing to go further and share what's inside of you that normally you don't share with just anybody. Not, as, not at work, for sure. You can't share everything you're thinking and feeling at work. You share what you're thinking. Even that, you have to hold it back. So revealing what's inside of you is very feminine because it basically if I'm listening, then I'm penetrating in and I'm fulfilling, I'm solving the real problem, which is she needs to come back to her female. Now, having said that, so many women have sort of, they're into this, they're a bit more aware that I'm too much on my masculine side, but how do I get back to my female? I don't know how to get back to my female. It's tough. It's now same thing for a man. Although they don't tend to admit they they don't admit it that they want to get back to their masculine. <laughs> they feel insulted if you say to them you're on your female side. But any man who's angry, ironically, is on their female side. You can measure Interesting. that. Interesting. See, people think anger is masculine. No, 
Anger is what men do. Men, women have different kind of anger. Men are anger only when they feel a surge of estrogen and their testosterone is going down. How do I know this? This is simple biology. Fight or flight is fight, anger, or flight is fear, right? So you're in both those, those two potentials there and more, but those are the simple ones. Whenever a man's in fight or flight, you can measure it. There's a cortisol response in the body. And whenever there's a cortisol response in the body, his estrogen is surging and his testosterone is going down. At first, his testosterone goes mm. up to solve the problem. But as soon as his mind goes, my solution isn't working, he'll go into blaming. It's like a, a guy who's blaming his tools. <laughs> like, you know, you know how to, my computer's not working today. <laughs> Wait a second. You don't know how to run your computer. So when a man is accountable, he figures out, okay, what do I have to do differently? How can I adjust? What am I? He has to have confidence. When men lose confidence that they can get what they want, then their estrogen levels start to soar. Emotions start coming up. Men should have emotions. They should be primarily positive emotions. And when a man has upset inside, the mistake women make is they say, talk to me. Tell me how you feel. You'll be happy. I know for me, if I can talk it out, I'll feel happier. <laughs> no, usually that doesn't work. Give him space to cool off, have a neutral attitude. That's called he goes to his cave. He'll come back and then don't bring it up. Just let him handle it. Let him do it himself. And the same thing I've learned with my wife. I don't ever try to change her. I don't criticize her for anything. Occasionally I'll ask for something as a preference. Honey, you know, when this happens, this is what I would prefer if you feel like doing it. That's it. And I would never even ask for that unless she was in a really good mood. <laughs> Our mistake we make in relationships is we try to change our partners. Now, certainly right. someone's stepping on your feet. You've got to communicate. Okay. Hey, that hurts. So that's simple logic, very primitive stuff, but it's primitive stuff. It's not, doesn't work today. Psychology teaches every woman, whenever you're upset, when you do that, when you say that it hurts my feelings, it hurts. It, everything is about, it hurts. Now we've got the, the, uh, if I don't use your pro man, pronouns, it hurts. Uh, it, that's, you're like a child. This is, you know, we're supposed to grow up and not take things personally. This is part of adulthood is you don't take things personally. And, and if you're a child and their feelings are hurt, they feel neglected. It's understandable. But just to know that when you're feeling hurt, you're, you're talking with the, the most primitive part of your brain with no logic and no intelligence up here. When you feel hurt, it's because you feel left out. So what most people do when they feel hurt is now they pull back more. And then they say things to push somebody further away. Rather intelligently, don't blame them for hurting you. They didn't do it. You just feel hurt. And just because you put I in front of I feel, this is something you learn in psychology 101, put an I in front of I, I feel, and so supposedly it's not going to come across as criticism or blame. <laughs> of course it's criticism and blame. I feel hurt when you do this. It's the last thing a man wants to do is hurt you. It's the most powerful way to push him away. But if you feel hurt, you need to process that. You need to learn how to move from feelings of hurt to feelings of anger, to feelings of disappointment, to feelings of fear and come back, back to your own shame and, and your own guilt. These are all these feelings inside there. And everybody's a little different than that, whatever you're pushing down. But when you learn to process your feelings, you shift from using negativity to change other people. If mm. you're angry, you're trying to intimidate them. You should stop that. If you're feeling sad, you're trying to get them to apologize and do more for you. It, it changed their behavior. If you're feeling afraid, it gives you permission to not engage, which we always want to engage. Now you get permission to not do things, get other people to do it for you. They're all manipulations. All negative emotions are manipulative 
and even guilt. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Now you can trust me. I won't do it again. <laughs> They're all programmed manipulations into our primitive brain. They're not bad. You just don't want to use them to manipulate. Instead, use them to recognize right now I'm not being loving. I want to be loving. So how do I remove these negative emotions? And then to realize all negative emotions are just forgetting that everything's all right. Negative emotions is believing a lie. Whenever you have a negative emotion, you're believing a lie. There's always false evidence, believing false evidence to be true. This is in our, in our whole media system is just making people unhappy because if you go left yes. or right, you'll always see partial truth. You'll never see the whole truth. One side sees one point of view. The other side sees the other point of view. It's a big picture. You're missing out. You're always being left out of something. So we need to recognize when we're stressed, we have to be responsible to find our happiness again. And when negative emotions are there, we, we, one, one of our needs is to grow up. Okay. That's called being an adult, being accountable. To be a loving person, you have to be responsible. When you have negative feelings, don't throw them on the world. doesn't work. <laughs> Even though every psychologist is saying, go tell them how you feel. Express how you feel. Just destroy your marriage. You can process how you feel and then tell them how you feel, which is, I forgive you. I love you. You're wonderful. You do this. Would you do this for me next time? You can ask for more. But just to know that complaining, whenever you're complaining, and women are notorious for complaining. Now men are because there's so much on their female side which is a whole nother subject, what the, how that happened. But one little part of how that happened, well, when women go to their male side, men go to their female side. If, if you plan the date and you make the reservations and you get the table, you're on your male side. And so he's just gonna say, oh, I don't have to do that anymore. That, I like it. Men are always wanting to do less. Just know there's a gene that we have that says, never do anything you don't have to do. That's what we're creating robots today. You know, that's what we created the, the dishwasher and the laundry machine so that you'd have more leisure time to enjoy your life. No, people don't enjoy their lives as much now. <laughs> it's like, and I just saw a, a, an ad just recently on robots. These robots will give you more leisure time. People cannot handle leisure time. Yeah. They become depressed. They become crazy. Meaning in life is doing things that have significance. You know, when I go to some of these indigenous type countries, the women... They're with their children. They're all together. They're so happy. They're, and they're going down to the river to wash the clothes. You know, their meaning is that Lee, I have to make a million dollars. I have to be get all this respect from the world. I have to be like a man. No, they're getting respect as being women. And I'm going to say you can't get that of a man. You want that. That's good. But you've got to come back and get earn, in a sense, the respect of being a woman. And how do you get respect? You ask for what you want. And when you don't get what you want, you don't throw it up dump a man you basically ask again in a nice way and find out how to communicate learn how can i communicate my needs to this person who really wants to please me unless i'm blaming him that is hard to do now you might think why didn't anybody get taught this before because in the past women never asked for more they already yeah. knew they were going to get what they wanted because all they wanted was a man with a job who had some manners and that was it and even if he got angry sometimes, she'd immediately go, okay, don't do that. <laughs> Just don't say that. And he's happy. Men don't get angry if they feel loved. And so then what happened is that when women, when women are in their male side, how do they feel love again? They can't feel love unless they need something from him. And what they need from him that they often don't know is what they need is emotional validation, emotional validation, which happens 
through your actions and through your behavior, but also through listening and feeling mm -hmm. empathy for her. And one of the actions, of course, is, you know, to communicate what women need most is to feel safe. You only feel yes. safe when you feel special. You're only yes. getting older as a woman. You know, you're not as attractive to men. So why is he going to stay with you when it, these younger women want to go after your man if he's a catch? You're going to be insecure. Of course, you're going to be insecure. They yeah. figured this out a long time ago. Right. They said you have to be married. You have to commit. You have to bond. You have to prioritize because when you prioritize your wife over everybody else, what happens is she feels safe. And in that playing, feeling safe, she can depend on him for certain things, depend on others for certain things and be very happy in her life. We've taken that out. Now people aren't even monogamous. Sometimes I cheat. I, I talk about in China, they have such terrible relationships, <laughs> really famous in China. I mean, just like thousands of people come to my talks there. And it's helping people the basics is how to relationship. But the foundation of it is so hard because almost every man, if he's rich enough to have an affair, he has an affair. This is just part right. of the culture. And mm -hmm. it used to be part of our culture. If you look at the French, having an affair was fine. My dad had affairs. Uh, my mother didn't care because in her culture at that time, it was acceptable. It was acceptable. And I, this is what my mother yeah. said to me. They had a great relationship. She was happy till he died. Okay. So it was like, but at his funeral, there was a girl there that looked like my sister. And I said, how do you know my oh, father? Oh, no. She lived from a, a, a town three, three hours away. She says, oh, your father, he was always so nice to my family. Really? What did he do? Oh, he bought my car. He paid for my college education. He was always so nice to my mom. Of course, that is my sister, half sister there. So I went to my, oh my mother God. and I said, mom, I think there's somebody here that uh, could be the uh, offspring of dad. And she says, and I described her a little bit. And she said, yes, I've always known. I said, well, how did you feel about that? And she said, John, I lived in a different world. Okay. We had different values in those days. Oh my goodness. Said, I always suspected your father had other responsibilities, but I didn't mind because he took care of all of us. It wasn't like that other woman was taking anything away from them. And I'm sure at a certain point they stopped having sex like so many people today who are married do because they didn't have the relationship skills to sustain her being on her female side. You have to have relationships mm. on because see when a woman has children, for example, in a sense, she's on her male side. I mean, she's the CEO of the house. She's always solving the problems. She's so that's a lot going to your male side. It's just if she has other conditions that support her, if she has help and so forth in that process, then she can stay on her female side. But if a woman doesn't have help on her female side, <laughs> a single woman, oh my gosh, and now she's giving to her children all the time, she's on yeah. her male side feeling empty. So if we understand yeah. these dynamics, then we can move to a higher level. So, and my, my mother felt responsibility. Your father is responsible. He's always been there for all of us. I couldn't have done it myself. So she had huge gratitude and appreciation for him. Now it's because in her mind, having lasting romance, affection, and the warmth of great sex wasn't a priority. The priority yeah. was I need a good man to provide for me so my dream right. can come true because I want seven children. She had seven children and she wow. had woman. Amazing. Yeah. Everybody always comment how happy my mother is. It's because that was a need that she was aware of. And she also had her part when once the kids grew up, she had her part time job, which later became a full time job for her. But she was always a mother to all of us. Her dedication of trying to wanting to love and support all seven children, which she did. That was fulfilling for wow. her. 
but she also had spirituality. She was very, very spiritual. My dad was too. They taught me yoga at three years old. You know, I mean, I was, oh my learning, goodness. I learned meditation at 18. I became a celibate monk, a yogi monk. You know, that's where I focused on my God relationship. And then I came out in the world and then developed my romantic relationship. And then that led to my developing my work relationship where it's selfless work, just being out there in the world. As a younger guy, as a teenager, I was very entrepreneurial and so forth. See, these are all parts of who we are. They're needs that we have. And when you're unhappy, you focus on oh, what am I missing and go somewhere else. Because that concept here that I started out with is, you always have everything you need. And if you're unhappy, you're looking in the wrong direction. You've got to look at what else you need or look at what you're responsible for. You know, this is a big thing for men. For women, it's more about getting, trusting that I can get what I need. So many different needs that you're aware of and trusting you can get those provides a foundation to then communicate in your own relationship if you're in an intimate relationship. And we're just talking about happiness I just think there's so many unhappy couples only because they don't have the skills that are needed today. Marriage right. can make you happier and happier and happier. And some people have found that. I meet these people all the time who I just check out. I say, how often are you having sex? <laughs> that's all I, that's all I have done. It doesn't mean you're an unhappy person. It just means a big part of you has gone to sleep. And I know that's right. that part of us is that deep feeling of, of just passion and love and affection for each other that you have moments of it. And then you come back into your life and you come from the place of being responsible and caring and supportive. But if that's all you've got, you tend to dry up. And literally when women don't get that down South, they dry up. I mean, literally the fluids stop flowing. Their estrogen levels go down. And it's a, it's a challenge for women because biologically, when you go through menopause, you don't get the free estrogen that you used to get. If you're cycling, you're always gonna get some estrogen automatically. But once you're beyond cycling, now you have to be really responsible to do those things that will stimulate your body to make estrogen. You don't need eggs at that time to make estrogen. Your adrenal gland will do it. But all of your, uh, you know, the, the symptoms of drying up inside are all due to a burnout adrenal gland. Because your adrenal gland is what, and your kidneys, your adrenal gland will produce plenty of estrogen. It will never make as much estrogen but it's enough to balance out the testosterone so you can be very much in balance. So you can be very, very happy uh, or you can be very, very unhappy by just going to your male side because, you know, there's a, once your estrogen's not being made, you kind of feel like, well, can't trust anybody. Got to do it myself. Okay. And I know a lot of women, it's all, I'm going to do it myself. But you see it now with younger women who basically I can't depend on him for anything. I'll do it myself because they haven't learned to feel comfortable and at ease depending on someone to do it for you. See, that's a whole art. Because if you go to your female side and you're depending on someone to do something for you and they're not there, basically that's because in that moment on that day, you had an unrealistic expectation. So if you were just a man, you can go, okay, I, I, if you're just logical, well, I just have to adjust my expectation. It's not this way all the time. But the emotions are not that way. The mind moves like the speed of light and the emotions go the speed of sound, which is a lot slower. So you can say, okay, there's nothing to be upset about. Everything's okay, but your emotions are still going to be saying it's not okay. It's not okay. And they're going to keep remembering, but he did this and he did this, or this could happen in the future. People get locked into not being able to let go of negative emotion. So getting what you need can take away the negative emotions. Or one need we have is to look at our negative emotions and take responsibility to let them go. And particularly that, need is turns up around 28 years old 
uh, up to 28 years old, we really don't have full self-reflection, okay, in terms of letting go of negativity. We can if people give us what we need. If somebody asks you how you're feeling, what's going on, you get to talk about it, you can make a shift inside. You're, through their listening to you, you have greater self-awareness. But the brain itself doesn't fully develop until we're 28 years old, the prefrontal cortex, which the the unique part of that is the capacity to self-reflect and self-analyze. That's when you can know yourself. Ooh, interesting. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Here's here's an example of not knowing myself. I'm an amazing guy. I'm a great teacher and so forth. Uh, when I was giving a talk when I was younger, my self-esteem, my self-reflection was not in a, up where it needed to be. So I give a talk and there's uh, 30 people and... 27 of the people are clapping and there's a few people that aren't. And then they always want to wait around and tell me what's wrong with what I said in a passive aggressive way with, why would you say this? And well, I would have to disagree, you know, to put their own thing in there. But 27 all love what I had to say. Okay. When I go to bed that night, who am I thinking about? The 27? Think I'm wonderful. Or I'm thinking the three people. So that's called taking it personally. So I let somebody else's opinion determine how I think about myself. We literally don't have the mental capacity to do that until we're 28 years old. And many people will never have it because they never develop the prefrontal cortex. And that's why we need mm. education. Education is very right. important to develop self-reflection by reading about and interacting with people who had a lot of self-reflection. You know, for, for the male brain, particularly, it's learning mathematics. And for the female brain, it's more about literature. Uh, is that when they get to see... As you, as you mentioned, hearing stories of other people mm -hmm. helps develop the brain. And so if the only stories are these negative stories you experienced in childhood, <laughs> you're just limited to that. And the great, right. and I'm sure some of you, you talk about in your, in your interviews and so forth, is the brain, as a child, we get wired up with all the problems of our parents. But we have the ability as adults of brain plasticity, and we can change that programming. And that was a big deal in psychology. A lot of people assume that's true, that we can change it. But in psychology, they're saying, no, you're just fixed. Those problems are there forever. And you got to learn to deal with that. Well, dealing with it is good, but actually changing the wiring in your brain. So it, just listening to you talk about happiness and it, just listening to that actually starts to rechange the wiring in the brain. And then doing things that make you happy tells the brain, oh, there are things that make me happy. And that right. changes the, the, the literally the wiring in the brain. So it begins to remember that when bad things are happening, I can shift gears and good things will happen. It's just we have to have right. that ability. Uh, one of my daughters called pivoting, just pivot. You just pivot. Yes. You know, if something upsets me, I'm going to pivot. And, uh, you know, what she did to rewire her brain, uh, you know, she does all my stuff. And, you know, she's at my website, marsvenus.com, and she adds more to it, which I'm really happy about that. But it's learning yeah. how to rewire your brain along with these relationship skills and puts it in that context. Because it does. If you learn a new way of asking for help, for example, and do it over and over successfully, then your brain is going to be rewired away from asking for help in a way that doesn't work. And the way that doesn't yeah. work is complaining. <laughs> yeah. So when I say that, I know that women, well, how do I do it? How do I do it? <laughs> Well, nobody's taught you. So I get, here's a, a little example. It starts by, by, well, here it is. One of the things Bonnie used to complain about all the time for me is because I did this thing over and over and over for years, which is occasionally I will not turn out the light in the living room. 
And so she'll walk through and I'm in another part of the house and she says, you left the lights on again, but you can have wasting electricity. <laughs> Why can't you remember? Because see, she remembers she's got the, the big uh, hippocampus. It's twice as big as mine. She Women say, why? Why? How could you forget? And men say, why do you remember so much? Okay, so right. we're different. Okay, so, oh, that's so, so funny. little things I forget and, and you know, and, and whatever. That's my thing. I, I would not turn out the light. So she would get upset about, put her hands on her hips, disapprove of me. Nothing changed. Mine even got worse. Till finally, and I'm always trying, you know, I try to remember because it's important to her. One day she poked her head in the kitchen while I was making a sandwich and she, it was just, she's glowing. You know how women can do when they're happy. They glow. Just my tension immediately went to her. She said, John, like some amazing thing she learned or discovered or saw or had, you know, John. Uh, we could have got an extra check in the mail. You should have the same look. You know, John, <laughs> I said, what, what? And she says, uh, I've noticed you've been turning out the light lately in the living room. And and I went, oh, got, got an acknowledgement. And then, and then, which men will always let in. Then I, then, then, I, then she said, and I just want to remind you. And right then I'm starting to think to remind you to do it more. She didn't say that. She said, I just wanted to remind you how happy it makes me. And sometimes, and then she said, then she said, it's not really a big deal, but still sometimes you forget and walked out of the room. You see how much easier it is for me to hear. It's just, then when I heard it, I have to say this happened three times. And suddenly I never heard it from her again because I started turning out the light. And even after she right. passed on, and she passed on four years ago, I feel love for her every time I turn that light switch out. You see, it's just, you create, it, instead of shame and guilt and disapproval to motivate people, and that's like for animals. See, that's the lower brain. The higher brain is reward people when they're doing it right. Have a neutral attitude when they do it wrong. Don't feed it. And I, I was, my dog was just running around here. So I remember my marriage changed even after, got better after we took dog obedience training uh, for the dog. You know, it was like, if the dog jumps up on you, instead of saying down, down, bad dog, whatever, no, just turn around, ignore it for a moment, neutral attitude, then the dog will sit. They'll wait for you to turn back around. And when you turn back around, then say, if they're not already, you say sit and you give them a reward. That's always a matter of motivating men as well as women, but primarily men, motivating them with rewards. The way you motivate women, like I never expressed after I learned this, I didn't ever complain about anything to my wife nor ask her to do anything for me because she would actually do more. Uh, occasionally I could express a preference if you feel like it, this is how I like it better. But if she wasn't really in a good mood, I would never even say that. It's like, we don't have to complain to our partners. We don't have to criticize to our partners. They're already doing everything they can. But how did I know to get what I want? I teach women how to ask what they want. Because men, if you give them a lot of love, they'll think, okay, I, I can retire. I got it. I achieved the goal. <laughs> so you have to ask them with love. Not neutral to negative. Ask with love. For men, so you have to motivate them. For women, you don't have to motivate them. They're already motivated. What you have to do is provide what they need most. And what they need most is feeling safe and be able to express what they feel, express what they think, and also feel that they're more important than everybody else. They're a priority. That's called monogamy. That's called marriage. That's called commitment. Without that, women's estrogen levels cannot go to such a high level. At that level, because her safety will always come if she doesn't have a man loving her, will always come from I have to do it myself in order to feel safe, as opposed to mm. I've got, you know, all this support behind me. Now, 
again, one of the needs we have as human beings is, is to experience a higher power. And for me, that's one of my best uh, supports. You know, I feel like I have an army of angels always supporting yes. me everywhere. They're all mm -hmm. telling everybody to read my books. <laughs> so, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And whether I'm imagining it or not, doesn't matter. It's like, that's my belief. I, that's a good belief to have. And I experience it. And of course, that the, when you when you ask for something and it eventually comes, then you start to believe that you needing something, it's always out there. You wouldn't even be needing it if it wasn't out there. You're just looking in right. the wrong direction. That's right. And we're almost out of time, John. And I want to just, could you quickly tell the audience, your recent book is Beyond Mars and Venus. How does that differ from the first version? Well, it's, it's the same how my message has changed a lot. Uh, it's okay. really the problem I see in relationships. When you're in a more traditional relationship and you're married and you have kids, that's when it really shows up. Men, women start to really depend on their partner. See, when you have children, you really need to, you need help. Okay, so yes. <laughs> you start to depend on your partner. That's where the communication problems come in. That's where the resentment comes in. Because often, for women to get what they want or to feel worthy of asking for what they want, they give a lot. Okay. And when you give a lot to a man, he tends to think, oh, I've already done my job as opposed to, oh, I'm now going to give back. Okay. He just, but if you give a lot to a woman, she will always feel, I want to give back. So those dynamics of when women are on their male side, how men can help women come back to their female side, how women can communicate to men. So the man will help you come back to your female side. So let's say if you didn't have money, you would depend on a man for money. In this case, you're depending on a man to help you do what? Come back to your female side. But first you have to recognize I'm suffering in my life because I'm alone and I'm doing it all myself and I need a man to help me with that. That becomes the new fulfillment, yeah. you know? And there's the, you know, if I give the example of the woman who was uh, doing all the work all day long, a job that was burning her out, okay? She was exhausted with the job. But she had this husband doing all the female things, and that was nice, okay? He's a good guy. But the sex part of their relationship is gone. It's the right. choice you make. To have the sex part of the relationship, the romantic feelings, there has to be places in that relationship, not all the time, but places in that relationship where she's feeling, I have a need, an emotional need, a vulnerability, and he has to be a good listener. He has to be a good supportive partner. He has to give her the affection and warmth that women need to come back to their female side. So all I've done is just sort of pointed out what are the needs we have? What are the vitamin deficiencies we have when it comes to happiness and love? What are the vitamin deficiencies and how we can go about getting, educating our partners in a way that works? Because a lot of times women say, I've told him he doesn't respond. You didn't communicate in a way that works. Anytime you ask for more with blame or you're the problem, men won't hear you. And women won't hear yeah. me either. If I ask for more and she's not feeling loved and supported, she won't hear me either. So if this is a human nature thing. We don't like criticism. Okay. We don't want to right. take criticism. And often women don't know that if you're asking a man for more, he will always tends to interpret it as criticism because why would you want more? You're saying that I'm, what I'm doing is not enough. So how to give the message. You're enough. You're wonderful. I love you. And let's create more and how to do that. So that's that's the, that book Beyond Mars and Venus is about. Nice, I love that. And we're also in the show notes are going to have a link 
to for a free gift that you are offering yep. as well. So audience, please check the show notes for John's free gift. And free, free gift and how to get everything you want in your relationships. A wonderful course by my daughter, Lauren, and I. Fantastic. Well, all you have to do is Google John Gray, and you're going to come up a, a bazillion times on Google. But um, if if those of you who were living under a rock that I mentioned in the beginning, please check out his books. It was life-changing for me. It helped me realize that I couldn't fix my husband. I had to work on me first. Yeah. So such, that's such an important awareness. That's such an, yeah. it's all about a relationship with ourself is the foundation of having more yeah. lives. Very nice, very yeah. yeah, and that really changed it for me, yeah. Since you're mentioning Google, look for John Gray TED Talk when I'm wearing a red shirt. Oh, okay. It's my best. It's got a few, a few million views on it. It's very funny. It's 10 minutes. And if you're in a relationship with a guy who's not really into this, you can say, let's watch this funny talk. And there you go. just love it. See, men lighten up about things. They, they need anything that's not making me the bad guy, but just, you know, not understanding what Right. So that's a fun one. I love that. What a great suggestion, John. This has been such, oh my gosh, this time has just flown by. I could sit here and listen to you for about four more hours at least. Thank you so much. I so am so thrilled for this. Thank you, talk Sandy. Today. And I hope we can do another one as well. I look forward to it. Oh, anytime, anytime for me, for sure. We've got so, I was, I printed out just your topics. I mean, there's, so, and I actually had multiple questions that I didn't even get to because I know I loved I, what you were saying. You love no. out so much good stuff out of me, but we can. It's so good. You have questions and I'll just answer the questions. I like answering questions. That's great because you, the information you have given today ha is so invaluable and just thank you so much. It's uh, just incredible. Thank you too. Thank you too. Thank you. Take care. I certainly hope that you enjoyed today's interview. Thank you so much for joining me. And as always, I hope that you and your family are healthy and safe and that your lives are filled with peace, joy, and happiness. Take care, everyone.